the use of NSAIDs is very common, certainly. And with that said, one of the challenges oftentimes with NSAIDs is recognizing that patients can take these medications on their own, over-the-counter. For example, naproxen, ibuprofen, these are available uh, over-the-counter in the United States. These drugs work by inhibiting uh, COX-1 and COX-2 cyclooxygenase. And by inhibiting these enzymes, that can result in a reduction in prostaglandins. Prostaglandins are important mediators in fever, inflammation, and pain. So NSAIDs, by reducing, by inhibiting COX-1 and COX-2, decrease prostaglandins, which help reduce fever, help reduce inflammation, and help reduce pain. So you could imagine the, the circumstances in which these medications might be beneficial. So they can help bring down that fever. They can help manage inflammation in something like uh, rheumatoid arthritis or a sprained ankle. And obviously they can help reduce pain uh, in some of those situations as well. NSAIDs have a lot of side effects. Um, GI bleeding is probably one of the most common side effects or at least one of the more concerning side effects. A stomach upset can happen. Um, it, it may progress to, to GI bleeding. As we get older, we need to, to worry about elderly patients a little bit more. We also need to worry about patients on anticoagulation, antiplatelet medications already that may be at higher risk of bleeding. And in patients where we can't get away from using an NSAID, we may use uh, stomach protection. So examples, an H2 blocker or a PPI like omeprazole to help reduce the risk of GI bleeding and, and stomach upset. We can also take these medications or we should take these medications with food. That can help with that stomach upset. Another side effect with NSAIDs is that they can potentially exacerbate CHF. So it can cause edema, swelling, or at least contribute to that. Kidney function is another thing that NSAIDs can impact in a negative manner. I think of uh, patients on uh, diuretics, on ACE inhibitors already, or that may be at risk due to other things as far as their kidney functions go. If you've got a, a patient that has chronic kidney disease already and maybe their kidneys aren't functioning that well, NSAIDs uh, definitely should be avoided if at all possible. Same thing with heart failure and same thing with uh, a patient with a history of stomach bleed. Uh, do everything we can to avoid uh, NSAIDs if possible. Uh, if you get to uh, high enough doses, you may see NSAIDs uh, contribute to resistant hypertension. So they can elevate blood pressure a little bit sometimes. Examples of NSAIDs include ibuprofen, which goes by a brand name of Advil or Motrin, naproxen, brand name naproxen or Aleve, uh, aspirin. I'm going to talk about aspirin separately a little bit due to the, the nature of aspirin being utilized um, in 
post-MI and things like that. Uh, Diclofenac, uh, Volterin, Etotalac, Lodine, Indomethacin, Indocin, Ketorolac, Toradol, Meloxicam, Mo- Mobic, Nebumatone, brand name Relifin, uh, Pyroxicam, brand name Feldine, and, and Solendac, brand name Clinarol. It is important to remember that on all NSAIDs, there is a boxed warning uh, on fatal MI and stroke. The other boxed warning I kind of mentioned, uh, the potential for um, GI bleed and, and ulceration. That risk of GI bleed and ulceration tends to be a little bit higher with certain NSAIDs. So, for example, endomethacin uh, and ketorolac tend to have higher GI risk. With ketorolac, there actually is a boxed warning, and use is recommended for no longer than, than five days. Due to the antiplatelet nature of NSAIDs, they can increase risk of bleeding as well as you know cause that direct insult to the GI tract, uh, causing damage and pain that way. But due to the, the antiplatelet effect, we actually um, hold these medications usually before and after surgery. And this obviously needs to, to be monitored closely um, with the uh, platelet function as well. We'll take a quick break from our sponsor here, then we're going to cover drug interactions and kinetics. Whether you're a nurse practitioner, nurse, pharmacist, pharmacy student, med student, meded101.com has a growing list of great resources to help with board exam preparation as well as becoming better at medication management and pharmacology. meded101.com slash store is a fantastic resource you need to, to check out. Again, meded101.com slash store, S-T-O-R-E. Drug interactions are something I deal with on a pretty regular basis as far as NSAIDs go. So the, the first thing I always think about is those antiplatelet and anticoagulant agents. NSAIDs, I mentioned, can inhibit the effect of platelets and potentially make patients bleed out more, bleed out quicker. So anyone with um, GI bleed concerns or bleeding concerns in general, and they're, let's say they've had a heart attack and they're on aspirin Plavix, let's say they have atrial fibrillation and on warfarin, or they have a, a blood clot uh, like a DVT and are on anoxaparin or a pixaban, any agent that has those type of properties, if we throw an NSAID on top of that, that bleed risk is substantial. So that is definitely something we have to monitor closely. And if there are other alternatives, we generally uh, try to avoid NSAIDs in the management of pain, fever, or any other um, condition that they might be helpful there. NSAIDs can interact with lithium and actually raise lithium concentrations. So that's kind of a unique drug interaction there as well. I mentioned the fact that these that NSAIDs can uh, contribute to uh, kidney failure. And so patients are already at high risk for kidney issues and on medications that can cause kidney problems, like diuretics, which can 
dehydrate a patient and potentially put them at more risk. ACE inhibitors as well, another uh, class. ACE inhibitors, uh, and you can um, pull in ARBs there as well. Those can uh, cause some trouble with the kidney, and particularly when you throw NSAIDs on top of that, that may increase that risk even more. Now at the beginning there, I mentioned a lot of NSAIDs within the class, and there's plenty of kind of clinical quirks between the the different agents. This is kind of a general overview, of course, but I did want to pull in two of the most commonly used NSAIDs, naproxen and ibuprofen, and just talk a little bit about half-life as far as pharmacokinetics go. So naproxen generally has a longer half-life than ibuprofen, and so we can dose naproxen less often, which for some patients can be a really nice thing, so they're not taking pills all day. For other patients that, you know, may have only a short period of time, or maybe they only have a certain time of day where they they have more pain than others, um, a, a shorter-acting agent might be useful as well. So ibuprofen, if you'll if you look up the dosing on that, it's dosed three to four times a day, usually in naproxen, typically dosed twice a day. And that's simply due to the difference in kinetics and the difference in half-life as far as how long these drugs last in the body. Some special populations that I wanted to talk about NSAIDs in, uh, I kind of hinted at the elderly NSAIDs definitely in most situations being a little less safe than acetaminophen. Obviously, acetaminophen and liver failure or things like that um, definitely presents some risk. But generally, acetaminophen in the, the majority of, of cases is probably a, a little bit safer place to start. Ibuprofen, naproxen, NSAIDs are not used in pregnancy. That's an important thing to remember there. Pediatrics we generally stick with ibuprofen. Uh, Dose is in the ballpark of 4 to 10 milligrams per kilogram per dose. So that's a a good uh, question I've been been asked before on different exams and things like that. So it's good to know the pediatric dosing. I mentioned I'm going to talk about aspirin specifically uh, in an upcoming podcast due to its use as an anti- platelet agent to reduce the risk of heart attack, stroke, things of that nature. But I did want to mention that we absolutely avoid the use of aspirin in pediatrics due to the risk of RISE syndrome. RISE syndrome is a very rare, but it is a serious condition that can cause some issues with the liver as well as the brain. It can cause some swelling and things of that nature. So again, very rare situation. Um, but aspirin uh, specifically can increase that risk. I think that sums up the NSAIDs today. Please feel free to reach out, reallifepharmacology.com. I've also got that free giveaway, a 100-question pharmacology exam, where you can certainly uh, test your skills for free. Thanks, everyone, and have a great day.